Dallas Cowboys cornerback Trayvon Diggs has a monster practice on Tuesday. How much have we expected this going forward? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the Cowboys wrapped up practice on Tuesday, another very loud practice, which is what I'm just calling all the Oxnard practices this year. Uh, But the star of practice from Tuesday was none other than Trayvon Diggs. He had two interceptions in the team periods. How much more can we expect from Trayvon Diggs? Because that was a pretty incredible performance. Yeah, I mean, two interceptions, and then I think at least another two pass breakups uh, on top of that. Yeah, it was really uh, an exciting day for him. Uh, I think it actually started out with him getting beat deep by, was it Gallup maybe, on on a, on a uh, team drill. And then after that, he was basically uh, unstoppable, or, or, or I guess he was only stoppable. No one's, no one's doing anything on him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, and, and I think, you know, we've seen him kind of ramp up into this a little bit. Obviously, he started out camp. Uh, you know, on the not the injury list, but off to the side a little bit after dealing with a, a little bit of a, a sore toe, uh, and, and he's kind of gradually made his way back. I mean, look how far we've come just since uh, Jerry kind of wrongfully told us, you know, hey Trayvon may not be back until Dallas. Who knows? And then suddenly, 15 minutes after that comment, he's on the practice field, and now we've gotten to where we are today, where uh, he was the dominant force of practice and, and kind of showing us a little bit of a preview of what's to come in the regular season. Maybe that's just a sign that you shouldn't listen to what Jerry Jones says very much. I mean, if it, typically if you just ignore what he says, you'll probably be okay. Um, honestly, none of this is surprising to me. We, we talked about this when Diggs signed the contract that he just hasn't been a cornerback for very long. Mm. So I'm not going to be surprised if he gets even better going into – is this year four now for him, right? This is year four. Year four NFL, yeah. yeah, year four of being in the NFL – only his sixth year being a cornerback at any level, I kind of expect Dix to have maybe his best season this year. Yeah, I mean, there's there's every reason to expect that he still has room to grow. Uh, he's he's gotten better the last two years. Um, I think that you know the 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 interception totals that you know that that allowed everyone. I think kind of just showed you the ability that he has, but I don't think that was the totality of his game. No. Uh, and I think that, you know, the, as the rest of his game is growing, uh, he's going to become a more and more valuable player. I mean, I think, you know, the, the threat of him taking the interceptions uh, away from the from the offense is, is something that that's going to be in uh, offensive players mind. But beyond that, you have to be able to also uh, prevent uh, the wider the quarterback from even wanting to throw that yep. direction. Right. And that's with tight coverage. And that's where it feels like he's really, really uh, improved quite a lot. So I think 2021 showed you the ceiling of what Diggs can become. 22 showed you the the consistency in the floor, right? Like if he can just be a little bit more consistent from game to game, which he was last year. Yeah. I mean, he is just such a dynamic player. And it's why the Cowboys felt comfortable giving him that contract extension a year early. Uh, Just an awesome player. But I want to talk to you about the, the cornerback room as a whole, because 
I was reading a piece uh, on Pro Football Focus today from our guy, John Owning. He did his 53-man roster predictions. By the way, we're not getting into the depth charts because it's so meaningless on August 9th. Uh, but on, in his depth chart, he had Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland, Eric Scott, uh, Nation Wright, and Jordan Lewis. So six corners making the roster. No Kelvin Joseph. How do you think this cornerback room is going to kind of shake itself out? I, I think that's as good a guess as any at this point. I mean, I, I think it, the spots that we have questions about, uh, I, I feel like we don't have answers yet, right? And I think that that's it's that Jordan Lewis, Kelvin Joseph spot. You know, I mean, how where is Jordan Lewis in his recovery? Like, is he is he going to be able to play for us week one? I mean, can what happens if you cut Kelvin Joseph and you lose all those all those extra all those more? Special teams, uh, uh, and that's snaps. that's the hard part. That lost, I, right? That's what I'm struggling with with Nation Wright and Kelvin Joseph is. I, I don't know who's the better cornerback at this stage. I, I don't, but I do know who the better special teamer is, and that to me that matters a lot in this situation. And if the better special teamer also has to be, happens to be the guy that's the better athlete, maybe the higher ceiling, why wouldn't Joseph get that spot over Nation Wright? I mean, I think I think that's a legitimate argument that's going to be made in those rooms. I think it's really going to be a hard cut down, and 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 I don't think it's necessarily down to just Joseph versus Wright. I think uh, uh, Lewis is going to be thrown in there, and I think depending on if they could get you know something for Lewis, that could make this this kind of decision easier. But but I I think as it stands right now, they've got some difficult calculus to to to, to do because I, I do think that. You know, it, it could be boiled down as easy as as you've suggested, but I also think that that you know Wright has uh, the ability to play outside, which is a little bit uh, you know more valuable in this defense. Sure. I think as far as just you know overall flexibility, uh, but but I think that you know the special teams loss of of Joseph weighs heavy, especially this year because you've already kind of had to give away a lot of special team snaps this year. So. Uh, I don't think it's as easy as like who's been playing the best at cornerback no, uh, their respective spots, especially because like we mentioned, they're playing different cornerback spots. So they're actually kind of competing for different you know spots in this roster. So I, I think that they have a very difficult uh, 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 cut ahead of them. I think that they're going to you know use every bit of these uh, preseason snaps to kind of help them kind of determine this a little bit. I mean, it's been three years now. And or this is the this is the, right this is a third year or fourth third, year with the, third, third year third year and and it feels like they've kind of you know been passing each other and <laughs> yeah. and it, it's yeah. like been they've been weaving through each other and who's got stock up who's got stock down I I feel like we're three years into this and, and I still am not any closer to knowing um, you know who is the more valuable who's going to be the more valuable player for this team long term. It's why I still think the easiest solution here is just to leave Jordan Lewis on the PUP, get him back after week six, and that way you're not rushing him back from his injury. That way he's a hundred percent healthy when you need him. Uh, you know, midway through the season. The only problem with that is is convincing Jordan Lewis, right? Like yeah. if Jordan Lewis is healthy in three weeks, he's gonna want to be on the field and play because that's just the way that he is. And he knows that writing is on the wall a little bit on the last year of his contract. He's going to want to play, but I think in an ideal world, you stash him for six weeks and you figure it out in week seven or week eight. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly it. Is is you know, if if Jordan Lewis is actually healthy enough to come off of the list, convincing him not to it may be difficult. And and if you don't, like you know, what what happens then? You know, <laughs> you, you make him active, and then suddenly you've got to cut somebody you may not be comfortable cutting, or exactly. you you may have to trade Jordan Lewis. So. Uh, it'll be interesting again. Like that's why there's a lot of moving parts here, and I think it all kind of starts with where is Jordan Lewis's health at the time of the cutdown, because I think that's really going to help. If, if he's still not healthy, and we're able to kind of put him on a list, that kind of dictates a lot of things and makes this decision making a lot easier. Cornerback room is just one that I'm so fascinated to see how it plays out, not only in the preseason, but when we get to cutdown days, because now instead of going from 90 to 75 to 53. It's just 90 to 53, one big cut cut down. And I mean, do do any of those guys make it back to the practice squad? Maybe, maybe not. There's just a, there's not a lot of talent at the cornerback position across the league. So I got to believe if the Cowboys cut somebody like Kelvin Joseph, a former second round pick, the the odds of him. Yeah. The odds of him ending back up in Dallas seem relatively low. Yeah, I agree. And it's what, it's just like the defensive end situation, right? Where, the Cowboys are known to have a lot of depth at this position, so teams are going to be keeping their yeah. eyes on who the Cowboys cut, so likely whoever they cut will be gobbled up. I want to have a little bit of a debate about this RB2 battle that it seems like it's going on in Dallas right now between your guy, Rico Daddle, and my guy, Balik Davis. Oh. That's, not, that's not quite true. but Let's, let's, yeah, let's, I didn't know we were taking sides. I didn't know I that excited. either, but we can do that. It's fine. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. August is here, and you know what that means. It is the official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades, and Underdog sets your best lineup every single week. It's the easiest way to do fantasy football and the most fun. You just get to draft all the time. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, it is the largest fantasy football contest ever, and it's back. It's even bigger than ever with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner actually drafted their team in July before any of the preseason games started. So don't wait around. Draft your teams now. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On. That's all one word. To get your first deposit doubled up to $100, that is underdog fantasy promo code locked on. I use them almost every single day. So if you want to come draft with me, let me know on Twitter. Make sure you use that underdog code uh, locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Every day, uh, the Cowboys, I don't believe they have practice on Wednesday. So we're going to answer your Twitter questions tomorrow. And then on Friday, we're going to have a little bit more practice recaps. As I believe, Landon, you're still planning on going out to Oxnard, correct? Yeah, we should have a Thursday night show for a practice okay. recap for sure. And then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely make sure to cover some, uh, uh, some preseason games. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, so stuff, there so. we go. We're giving you a bonus episode this week. Didn't even right. know that. It's, it's even better. So He just found out right now, guys. Yeah, it's perfect. It's, it's fine. I'm in. I want to talk about the RB2 battle going on in Dallas right now. It's, it's clear that they're – Still trying to figure that out. They're rotating players behind Tony Pollard. Ronald Jones is out with an injury, uh, with a groin injury. He's also suspended for the first two games of the season. He's also not good. That's He's also not part of this conversation. He's not. Uh, But Rico Dowdle is having a strong camp. 
Malik yeah. Davis was worked in with the first team uh, running backs yesterday. Who's ahead in this battle? I mean, let's, let's let, let me just preface all this with saying I think they're both having really good games. Like uh, I, I think for me, uh, I have always been of the mind that it's Rico Dowdle's job to lose uh, because he. I mean, to me, like when they've been healthy in the past, he's been the 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 head of of the two running backs. Uh, he's just been on higher on the depth chart. That isn't to say that I don't think Malik Davis can can and won't, can't and won't take the job from from uh, Rico. I, I think that that certainly a, is a possibility. He's had a great camp as well. I think both these guys have, have looked really good. So I I do think that uh, there is uh, uh, you know a battle going on, but but I I think that there is it's extremely likely, obviously, that both of these running backs are are not only going to make the team, but but likely to see carries uh, during the regular season. So. Um, I, I think, you know, the style is what separates these two, right? I mean, I think Davis is more of a kind of a smooth, uh, uh, you know, quick, quick footed vision mm-hmm. type player, right. Who, uh, is, is really kind of no wasted movement in his, uh, in his, in his, I just have, he's like a no nonsense runner, like yeah. downhill, yeah. get, get to where he needs to go. I don't know if he's going to give you a ton more than what's blocked, but it seems like every time it's blocked well, he does. He's yeah. very productive. He's efficient and, and he knows what he's doing. And so, like, there's a there's a, a trust factor there. I'm sure yeah. that's been that's been that's been nice. He's just not uh, dynamic, which yeah. is unfortunate for him. But you could have a really good NFL career by just yeah. doing exactly what you should on every single snap. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look. I mean, that's the basis of the running backs don't matter argument. Exactly. I mean, he's, he's really the poster child for that, right? He's the poster child for it, right? Dowdle, I think, is a little bit more dynamic, more explosive, a bigger back. I mean, he's, he's listed at 218, but he's, he's more than that, I think. Um, so I think that – and I think that if you look at, like, what you have in Tony Pollard currently, to me, Dowdle seems like the best kind of – uh, alternate to that, right? Like, a, like best a, compliment. The, the compliment yeah. to that, right? Like, so where he he kind of is a little bit more. You know, he's not more between the tackles, but he's a little bit more physical than Davis, and, and a little he's bit. He's a grinder, uh, right? Bigger, bigger guy. Yeah, so he can take a little bit of of the more of the hits. Uh, if you need him for short yardage stuff, that shouldn't be a problem. Uh, I think they're both pretty good pass catchers. Uh, they're both uh, decent at at uh, protection. I think Dowdle probably has a little bit of an edge there, simply mm-hmm. because he's bigger and just a little bit has more oomph. Uh, but I think it's you know it's it's going to be interesting to watch these two uh, kind of compete in, in the preseason because I really do think that that's where a lot of this competition is going to need to take place with running backs with linebackers. It's like even when they're in full you know go at practice, it's not really full go. It's yeah. touch them up. It's yeah. it's tap them right. It's like it's it's a thump and then a stop. Yeah. Uh, and, and and that's also kind of the issue we've had with Deuce Vaughn too. Not an issue, but we haven't really seen Deuce Vaughn. You know, we don't really know what what's good with Deuce Vaughn, right? Because so many times in practice, you see him get tapped, and you're like, "Well, would he have gone down there? Probably, because he's five five, but maybe not because he's five five. So I think that's what we need to see in the games with all these running backs: is how how well are they breaking tackles, how well are they getting through the line. Um, now that it's full contact, sure. You know, which one of these guys is 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 uh, shrugging off contact the best and and making you know extra yardage uh, after they get through the line? Now you mentioned at the top, you think both. Dowdle and Malik Davis are going to make the 53 man roster, which brings me back to Deuce Vaughn. Does he make this roster as RB4? Do the Cowboys even carry a fourth running back? Yeah, I mean, I think Vaughn, they've got specific plans for. And, and, and I actually, you know, it's just hard to keep four running backs, four tight ends, and six receivers. Yeah. 
and it's going to be a tough cut down. And maybe, and maybe they don't keep all these guys. Maybe what they do is they cut Davis or, or Dowdle and then practice squad them and then call them up from the practice. squad. See, I think that's move. likely. And, and I know this is, I know he's your guy, but I wonder don't like, you like, dare like, say it, sir. <laughs> well, no, not Hunter Lipke. I'm not saying him. Oh, okay. uh, I, I wonder with like somebody like Dowdle, who I, I don't believe has played in a regular season game yet. If he's just not somebody that is more likely to make it through the practice or make it through waivers and somebody that you can kind of pull on and off the, the active roster. That's not to say that he's not the better of the two running backs, but maybe just because of rock roster mechanism, he's the one that's more likely to be cut. I think Dowdle has played in the regular season, but I don't think that prevents him from being on the practice squad anymore. No, no, I, I'm saying like, we just don't have a lot of tape from him. Oh, yeah, we don't have a lot of tape on either of these guys. Which, yeah. I, I just wonder but, if it would be know. more likely that Dowdle could get through Maybe. waivers than somebody like Malik Davis. That's all. Maybe, yeah, because I mean, you're right, because Davis definitely had more snaps like on, on tape, especially last year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and, and Dowdle, I think his regular season stuff was like maybe his rookie year, which was like four years now. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it, it, that could be a very strong possibility that they try to sneak one of these guys through, um, and to, onto the practice squad and, and, and use a call-ups that way. And then maybe, you know, flip it mid season. They, they cut Davis or cut, well, uh, and I wouldn't even back. be surprised if like the Cowboy, again, I'm just going to say this. If Dowdle's like RB three. But he's not on the active roster. He's ahead of Deuce Vaughn, but it's it's Dowdle who's active every week, and Vaughn is the one who is inactive. But because Deuce Vaughn has the draft capital, they don't want to expose him to waivers. Well, that was a well, that's kind of what I was just going to say is that I almost wonder if they don't view them as separate running back positions, maybe right, like like the Pollard role, and and Vaughn is the backup to the Pollard role, and 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 Malik Davis and 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 Rico are kind of cobbling together the Zeke role or the, the, bigger uh, the back, other right? running back, the bigger yeah. back role. Right. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, exactly. I, I think cutdown is going to tell us a lot about these mm-hmm. players, but also uh, how the, the running, how the Cowboys view how they want to deploy their running backs. I think we're, we're going to learn a lot from this. We, we also got some injury updates for the Cowboys, including one from Mozzie Smith. Uh, we should talk about Luke Schoonmaker. Uh, we've got one on the center Tyler Biotish. We will get to all of those next. All right, Landon, we've got a bunch of injury news that I wanted just yeah. to recap for, for the Cowboy fans out there that maybe aren't aware. Let's start with Tyler Biotis, who got rolled up in practice uh, on Tuesday. He was grabbing his ankle, got, kind of had to leave the field, couldn't finish practice. Seems like he's going to be okay. It was a low, from what I heard, a low ankle sprain, nothing major. Doesn't It seems like the Cowboys dodged a bullet here uh, for all intents and purposes. I would not be surprised if we learned that he had this injury earlier. Uh, there's there has been a couple of different times when I've noticed him on the ground and taking a second to get up. There was at least one other time one other time in a practice. I think it was God, all those days blend together. I think it was last Thursday where he was on the ground and I kind of saw him and I was like, get up, get up, get up, get up, and he got up right. But I I, I am wondering if. I think it was a, an ankle then that he, if he isn't just having an issue that was bothering him, that he was sure. really worried about kind of re-injuring there. But the Cowboys are not worried about it. If he's still on the field, then it's probably just a nagging thing. Um, but it might be something to, to keep an eye on. And, and if you don't see him practicing for you know, or getting more vet days in these next coming weeks than he had previously, that could be what we're talking about. 
I also want to remind people that he is one of the toughest players on the team. Remember, he had a pretty severe high ankle sprain that he suffered in week 17 last year. Didn't play right. week 18. Played the playoff games against the, the Bucks and the 49ers and played awesome in both of those games. So that that's a pretty bad injury, but to come back after a week, I think he's going to be okay. Uh, he's had so, a really great camp too. I will just yeah. say that. Like, it's easy to kind of just forget that, you know, Biotis is one of those players that like, you feel like he's slightly better than replacement and, and earlier on you're trying to replace him. And now it's like, okay, he's good enough. But I think this off season, he's maybe has taken a step with Duke and in, in, in his training. He looks stronger. He's moving bodies now yep. in a way that I feel like he wasn't previously. So uh, it would, it's good to see that he's not seriously injured. And I hope they kind of take care of him the rest of the training camp sessions. We should uh, mention Mozzie Smith had a precautionary MRI on his knee. Uh, sounds like he was dealing with a little bit of tendonitis. I also just call that a rookie going through their first training camp. Uh, doesn't seem like the Cowboys are worried. I saw Michael Gelkin report said that he's fine. Maybe he doesn't practice on Thursday, but Jerry Jones made it seem like he was going to be good to play in the preseason game. But again, prefacing this with what Jerry Jones says, yeah. uh, don't put a lot of stock into that. Keep your eye on it. That's all. I mean, it's not great that he's eating, he needed to miss practice and take an MRI for it. Maybe it's just precautionary. He did have an incredible day of his his best day of practice yeah. uh, previous to that. So he obviously was feeling good enough for that. Uh, but something to keep an eye yeah. on. You know, maybe for later in the season, if if we start seeing this crop up again later, we'll know what where it started. Uh, a couple other things really quickly uh, before we head out. Luke Schoonmaker practiced on uh tuesday actually had a, a touchdown in one of the one of the drills um he said he felt great he said he had no problems at all just something to monitor i'm going to be interested to see like if the cowboys try to limit his snaps or maybe give him like two days on one day off but i, I know that we mentioned earlier in the week that it's probably unlikely that we see him in the preseason game now i don't know like i i, I won't be surprised if we see him out there against jacksonville on saturday I think we'll know a lot more tomorrow, right? When I yeah. get out to practice, if he's out there, you know, kind of going full, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he's in, in team drills tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up, you know, maybe just giving him a dozen snaps or something sure. like in just the, to in get the him game. on the field, just yep. to get him on the field. Uh, he uh, he looks good. He, not only did he say he didn't hurt, he says it doesn't hurt. He says it doesn't feel it anymore, which yeah. is which is great. So I mean, obviously the training staff here is maybe the best in the NFL. So they're going to make sure they get him to a spot where he feels comfortable and. We just see how it goes from there. Uh, last couple notes before we move on. I mentioned Marlon Jones has a growing injury. Mike McCarthy said he's going to miss the next couple of weeks or so. Again, there's really no reason to push it at all, especially with him being suspended for the first two weeks of the season. You want him healthy in case you need him in week three or week four or whenever. Um, so don't expect to see him maybe on the field at all during the preseason. And then the last one, David Durden, a, a undrafted receiver, uh, who was actually named Pro Prospect X from The Athletic. A absolutely fantastic piece if you want to go and read it. He had his first highlight pr play of practice. He had this really awesome touchdown grab yesterday, but on that play, banged his head a little bit, has a concussion. He won't play in the preseason game. It's just a bummer for somebody that needs yeah. to be out on the field uh, to try to earn, I think, a, a practice squad spot. Yeah, I mean, again, like the timing of it's not great right before your first preseason game here when in which you, you felt like he was going to get a lot of run. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't think that this will keep him out too long. I mean, it's, it's a concussion, so hopefully it's not too serious. And uh, he'll take maybe a week off practice, a couple of days sure. off practice, and he's, he's eligible for the next game. 
He's still got a lot of football left ahead of him. He's going to be playing in all these preseason games. I definitely could see him as a guy that the Cowboys are penciling in as a practice squad guy. There's so much upside there, uh, and he has a lot of development left to do. So uh, he definitely feels like a, a perfect practice squad candidate. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Again, every day, we're going to answer your Twitter questions tomorrow. So make sure that you send them into either me at Marcus underscore Mosier at Landon uh, or Landon at McCool BCB. Uh, so we'll try to get to as many of those as possible. Just want to let you know that we are free and available on all platforms. Check out our shows on YouTube. Again, we're going to be doing two podcasts tomorrow on Thursday. One will be in the morning. One will be later at night after practice, so be sure to tune in for that. Uh, Again, we'll cover practice on Thursday. We'll see you right back here tomorrow, everybody.